Thursday, September 7th, and I really mean it this time. Happy New Year. Here we are. It is day one of the NFL season. We get a little amuse-bouche from Arrowhead Stadium tonight, and then we get a full meal coming up on Sunday. It is so good to have NFL back, and obviously yesterday, every single stress point around the 49ers feels like it got massaged out because they finally figured out a way to get Nick Bosa back. I've seen the tarmac video where Nick Bosa in his most Nick Bosa way is basically like, yeah, everyone, I'm I'm back. Well, let's 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 go win some games. Man's not exactly a verbose limelight seeker. He is so understated, but he is a devastating force on a football field. And uh, we are going to start today talking about that and the upcoming season. And uh, I am happy to bring in someone who I think is really one of the best when it comes to covering the 49ers. And if you wanted to ask me, like, Damon, prove to me that journalism doesn't work quite like it should these days. It's that someone like Akash is is an independent journalist. This guy should be working at NFL Network. He is so good at covering the 49ers. Uh, Akash Anavaranthan is here on the Damon Bruce Show, and I've had you on the radio show a few times, and it's great to finally have you here. You know that I've been trying to put this together, but you had to run off to Cancun to play on a Mexico <laughs> beach a couple weeks ago. So it's great to have you here. Well-timed indeed. Like I reached out to you yesterday, and I said, hey, we got something big to talk about. <laughs> it was perfect timing. It's like uh, they knew that I was coming on your show today and we needed something to talk about. So they made the Nick Bosa deal happen. But appreciate you for having me. I don't think I've told you this, but, you know, when you had your radio show, my mom was actually a big fan. She used to listen uh, every day on her commute. Well, so thank you. She's pretty hyped <laughs> that I'm uh, I'm on your show today. So I'm sure she'll watch later. Today. Well, thank you, uh, Mama. Don't let your babies grow up to be sports journalists. But uh, <laughs> you got a really good one right here, man. And um, obviously, you were used to work with Niner Wire, and you know, like layoffs have affected everyone, yours included. So uh, I really do believe we're entering a realm where people who do independent journalism probably do it better than those who have masters to serve. And you were always good, no matter whether you were under anyone's umbrella or not, and you have been all over the team in the lead-up. And I want to start with something that you were actually talking about just a couple of days ago when you basically said, look, you know, every team, as it steps into a year, has a few boxes. It just needs to check off. And the two biggest boxes for the 49ers coming into this year were, is Brock Purdy healthy and ready to go? And is the Nick Bosa deal done? Now, Purdy might have wrapped up his box ahead of schedule. The Bosa box obviously wasn't ticked until yesterday afternoon, but it officially gets filed under better late than never. Uh, why do you think it took so long to tick that final box? And like, as you said, forget about the time mission accomplished. They got done what they needed to get done before the year started. It's, it's funny that you bring that up because say you're a 49ers fan, you just went off the radar you know, after the NFC Championship game against the Eagles, and you just woke up yesterday, you would think that the offseason went seamlessly. Nick Bosa's <laughs> under contract, Brock Purdy's healthy again, uh, the team looks to be just healthy, headed back into the season. You'd be excited, and you would have no idea kind of the turbulent offseason that was the, the 49ers offseason. But on the Nick Bosa front, I think it's just a complicated contract on, on multiple levels. And we can start with just the precedence, right? 
the the previous deals for edge rushers, whether that's T.J. Watt or even if you want to include Aaron Donald, um, an interior defensive lineman in there, they're a couple years old. And so there's no, you know, latest and greatest deal that Nick Bosa's agent and the 49ers can point to and just say, hey, here's a comparable deal. Let's just slap on a few million dollars on top of this to boost the guarantees, boost the average annual value, and then say you're the highest paid defensive player and let's just move on, right? I mean, you look at Joey Bosa's deal, it's like almost three years old now. Take a look at Watt's deal, it's a couple years old. Um, And so it's just, it's hard to build you know, a total value, an average value, and as well as guaranteed money. And then you just take into account, you know, just inflation over the last couple of years. It's it's hard to come up with those numbers when you're just kind of pulling it out of thin air. And for the 49ers, they're kind of in unprecedented waters with Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa truly had all the leverage. He was willing to sit games out. He is probably the best player that they've paid kind of in this run, right? Better than Debo, Kittle, Fred Warner, et cetera, et cetera those guys played like non-premium positions, like money-wise, whereas Nick Bosa plays one of the two or three most important positions on the field. So when you put all that together, it's just this complex negotiation. And I think it took time to get here. And I think Nick Bosa probably started somewhere in like the $140, $150 million guaranteed range and kind of worked his way down to $122 million in practical guarantees and just barely beat Aaron Donald's uh, annual average value, I think, is like $32 million and Bosa's around 34 So eventually he got what he wanted. The 49ers got what they wanted, which is to have Nick Bosa on the field week one. So I'd say it's a win-win, even though it took a while to actually get there. What surprises me the most about this deal is that I, I have no sticker shock as I look at it. It actually comes in under the guaranteed dollars that I thought, like, you know, when I was screaming about this with Larry Kruger earlier in the <laughs> week and we were picking sides of, of the argument and my side was, I don't, I don't care what the number is, you pay him and then you figure out the number in the wash on the back end of this year. Just get this guy in. And Larry was saying, look, 150, 160 guaranteed million dollars is a tough pill to swallow. We're at 122 and a half, which again, the most amount of money the 49ers have ever guaranteed any player in the history of their franchise. So I, I it, yes, it's a big number by definition, but it also, I don't have sticker shock. It's it's not the egregious, ungodly overpay that I thought Bosa was honestly holding out for. Agreed. And I, and I think when you just look at where the 49ers are in terms of their Super Bowl window, right? They've got a couple years with this crew of guys the Kittles, the Williams, the Warners, the Bosa's, et cetera. And so I don't think you should be, I don't think the 49ers were in a spot to penny pinch Bosa and risk him missing games, potentially starting slow to the season, maybe losing a one seed because of that. I just think there's too much on the line this season, right? Given their Super Bowl expectations to risk Bosa missing any games. Honestly, I thought just given where, you know, the contract or when the contract was agreed to just, you know, leading up to week one was late because now you've, you know, missed Bosa's missed much of training camp or preseason and whatnot, but at least they have him on the field for week one in some capacity, whatever that is, which I'm assuming was a goal from the onset. 
Akash Anavaranthan here with us. you got to follow him on Twitter. The information is great. It comes presented without emotion or clutching at pearls or worry. It's, uh, it's, it's real information coming to you in real time. And as you said yesterday, you were the first one to point this out, that Kittle and Trent Williams, they restructured to make sure that this got done. Their salary gets converted into signing bonuses. Williams, Kittle, and Bosa... Just yesterday, with signing bonuses, you got Jed York penning about $79 million in contracts. And look, cash is king in football. And this is why rich owners are desired everywhere, not just by the league itself, but by any business you want your team to do. You got to be able to turn around and write a check today, cash in the bank for about $100 million at any point in time, should the situation arise. It arose. And uh, it was really good that the 49ers got the financial wherewithal to do that, or else this probably leaks into the regular season. True. And you are right. Cash is king in the NFL. And there's one way to kind of fudge the salary cap and make your salary cap more sustainable, and that's to pay signing bonuses up front. What that allows you is to basically prorate whatever that amount is over the life of the contract. So you can amortize that amount and kind of spread it out. And so you don't feel the salary cap hit in one year. And so just like you mentioned, they took Trent Williams and George Kittle's base salaries. I think they were like 18 million and 11 million respectively. They cut it down to the veteran minimum, which is around a million dollars. And then they just paid that out in signing bonuses. And then they'll just spread that money, you know, across the life of their deals, um, which means their cap hits in subsequent years will be higher, but they opened up nearly like $23 million of salary cap space. Uh, for this season, that includes Bosa's fifth-year option price tag at like $17 million. So they've got this additional space, and they could use it one of two ways. They could front-load Bosa's deal, meaning they take the majority of that money in 2023, and you have you know kind of a drop in 2024, which maybe allows you to pay a Brandon Ayuk or maybe someone else, or you keep Bosa's cap hit where it is or maybe lower it, and it allows you to go all in in 2023. You know, remember the 49ers have all their picks in 2024, so maybe you trade for a veteran midseason um, at a position of need potentially, and now you've got the salary cap space to be able to do that. So I think they've just given them some flexibility with those restructures. And once we kind of know Nick Bosa's cap hits, we'll get an idea of why they did it. And, and that's the thing. We still don't know the exact anatomy of the deal and where the particulars are and where all the commas lie. And and I know that people want to to know this. I don't know when it happened but there was a huge pivot to a world of people who are not interested in their own banking, but they're really interested in the minutia and the details of NFL contracts. And, and it's, you know, we, we are constantly in everyone else's pocket trying to figure out what they got. And, and it's nuts. And it's taken fans, I think, their idea of what really matters off what really matters. What really matters is game day production. And, you know, there's so much there's so many amateur capologists out there who talk about the hard cap, the hard cap, the hard cap. It is a hard cap, but it's a hard cap based around very fuzzy and manipulatable numbers. And people don't really understand how much manipulation can be done behind the scenes with a couple of guys who are willing to restructure to open up a world of opportunities. So uh, uh, yesterday, I mean, like Nick Bosa is signed, which should be cause for a parade up Market Street in downtown San Francisco. And like one of the first things I heard was like, well, what about Brandon Ayuk in 2024? Like, first of all, that's a hill we'll get to, and then we'll climb over it when we get to it. 2023 is all I care about right now. <laughs> and now you can 2024. Again, 
the numbers will be massaged for that moment if they want to keep them. A football player has never, ever been cut solely because of a cap number. They get called cap casualties because it might help push. Production doesn't meet that value, right? Right. Yeah. There's something else there. Yeah, exactly. And, and the 49ers under Shanahan and Lynch, outside of DeForest Buckner, have taken care of every star that's needed a contract. Cal checked twice, Trent Williams, Fred Warner, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Nick Bosa. I mean, they, they've paid all these guys. Uh, Eric Armstead they paid. Um, the only one that they didn't was DeForest Buckner, and I'd argue they got pretty good value in a first-round pick for Buckner. Uh, the pick was probably, you know, uh, with Javon Kinlaw wasn't the right decision necessarily looking back on it, but you would still redo the trade to get that first round pick to be able to go pick someone else. So seemingly they've made the right decision when it comes to these contracts. So we'll get to Brandon Ayuk's next year and you just trust that they'll do the right thing. We want to relitigate and re-rank who coaches and quarterbacks and teams are, you know, like a, a, a power ranking per quarter is what football fans probably would want. You know, who, who's the best first quarter team in the NFL? Let's power rank that. We got to uh, rank everything all the time. Where would you, where do you rank Kyle Shanahan into year seven now as head coach of the 49ers and outside of Sean McDermott in Buffalo, there is no one who's gotten seven years with one team who hasn't already won a Lombardi trophy. But I would say Kyle is probably as in safe a shape, even with all the drama as it's been presented and reported upon as you can find a head coach without a Lombardi trophy in this league. I completely agree. And um, you know, I, especially on social media, a lot of people come, come at me saying that I'm not critical enough of Kyle Shanahan or John Lynch. And I push back and I say, they've won six playoff games in the last four years. And you look across the league, I think only like the chiefs and maybe like one other team have as many playoffs. Only wins. the chiefs, only the chiefs have won more yeah. playoff games since 2019. Yeah. And you know, you look at regular season wins since 2019, they're right up there. I think they're top five. Yep. Um, playoff production. They've been, you know, in three NFC title games in four years. They've built this extremely talented roster. That isn't to say that they aren't, you know, mistake free, right? They've made some mistakes when it comes to draft selections or some trade moves, or maybe they're how they've managed the quarterback position hasn't been the smoothest process. But ultimately, what as a fan, you know, are you winning on Sundays? Are you consistently in positions to potentially win a Super Bowl? And they've done that three of the last four years. They've been in positions to win Super Bowls, um, a couple bounces, a couple missed plays, a couple calls go the other way. You know, you might look at this differently, right? And it feels like we've gotten to this position where if they don't win a Super Bowl, then it's just a complete failure. And I think in the NFL, especially in these one-game playoffs, where there's so much variance, where there's, you know, outside of just talent, skill, all that stuff, there's like, there's a little bit of luck involved. There's a little bit of like, you know, a couple things need to go your way on, you know, en route to a Super Bowl victory. The 49ers just haven't had that over the last right, you know, three, four years. And and poor Kyle Shanahan hasn't really had that since like 2016. And so hopefully they get over the hump, but that just doesn't mean that you kick them to the curb. I, I would say Kyle Shanahan probably like a top five coach, um, especially over the stretch, what he brings to the table offensively. Clearly all of his players, all those key guys swear by the guy. And so I have a hard time, you know, saying that he should just be on the hot seat if they don't win a Super Bowl or whatever. Right. There's certain things that drive me nuts, right? His fourth down decision making, 
Sometimes he's a little too conservative. Sometimes he could be a little edgy in some of these press conferences. But right. outside of that, he's done a lot of winning, and that's ultimately all you can ask for. That's what we're here to do. You know, it's just dawned on me. I want to welcome everyone who might be new in here to the Damon Bruce Show on uh, Damon Bruce Plus on YouTube. We're also streaming along on AMP. And it just dawned on me that AMP is listening to the show uh, over speakerphone and they can't hear your side of the interview. So all all of these all, all of these pauses in audio. If you're listening over on AMP, you should be watching the show over on YouTube right now. And we'll get to AMP a little bit later, and that'll make more sense. Akash Anavaranthan is uh, joining us here to talk about the coming season. Again, it starts tonight. Saw that uh, Brock Purdy gets voted one of the team's captains. Now your quarterback should always be falling into that category once he's proven himself, and it, it just says an awful a lot like the 49ers have so much top shelf liquor they wouldn't allow a bottle in the well to also be a captain if it didn't deserve it and it says something about what Kyle thinks of Brock and what the team thinks of Brock and it's also a really good thing that he's named captain because that means like the 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 team agrees with the decision that he should be starting quarterback Absolutely. And that, this goes further back than just Brock Purdy being voted captain. You go back to last season when he took over as quarterback in that Miami game. And then since then till now, just listen to how the top guys talk about Brock Purdy. You know, whether they do podcasts with other people or it's interviews or pressers, they speak glowingly about Brock Purdy. And not just the guy, not just his work ethic, what he brings in the games, what he brings in practice, what his demeanor is like. They, they talk about him like they haven't talked about another quarterback like that in this tenure, at least. Um, and that, I think that speaks volumes, right? They, the guys in that locker room are so high level that they will never publicly say anything bad about any, any players. Right. But you, if you listen closely enough, you can tell the difference between when they're going out of their way to be complimentary of a player versus when they're just saying nice things to say nice things in front of the media. And Brock Purdy's an example of <clears throat> where I think they just, are really enamored by him. And I was not surprised that he was voted captain. I think that speaks volumes. I mean, he's the youngest guy in terms of experience in that captain's group. Um, and there's a couple other guys that I thought could be deserving that aren't on there, right? Whether it's a Christian McCaffrey, a, a Brandon Ayuk, a Nick Bosa, which I get it with this holdout situation, but this team's got like 10 or 11 guys that are probably worthy of being captain. And they named Brock Purdy, you know, one of the six guys. And I, I think that just speaks a lot about what this locker room thinks of him and how they believe in him as the starting quarterback. I want to go back to where our conversation started. We started about talking about ticking off boxes and they got the first two. What's the third box? What's the third box that the 49ers need to make sure it's officially checked off before they kick off in Pittsburgh? <laughs> I think that third box has to do with health. Um, and I think, you know, just during the preseason training camp, they've got a couple key guys that were banged up, right? Starts with George Kittle. I think he's, mm -hmm. he's dealing with like a groin or an adductor injury. Um, they've got some guys on the defensive side of the ball, Dre Greenlaw coming back from a soft tissue, soft tissue injury. Um, uh, Tashawn Gibson has been a little banged up. So I think that would be the third box is make sure that those guys get healthy. They make it to week one in Pittsburgh. Because I think that's going to be a tougher matchup than maybe we had thought when the schedule came out um, back in like April, May. Um, clearly a very formidable opponent. So I think getting as healthy as possible for week one is probably that third box to tick. 
Well, I tell you what, man, you you check an awful lot of boxes yourself. You're excellent. <laughs> you are an outstanding follow. I, I, I'm i just going to tell everyone, it's a tough name to spell, but when you get it right, it pays off. Believe me. <laughs> uh, follow him on Twitter. You will be a better 49er fan if you do. This is the first of what I hope can be many conversations we have throughout the season because, again, I got an awful lot of respect for what you do and, uh, you know, I, identifying who is good at this is something I've always felt I'm pretty good at. And man, you're an A plus. So thank you for coming. Hello to your mother and, <laughs> uh, and thank her for all of those years of listening to me and Ratto prattling on about things. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'll let her know. Thanks again for having me. Appreciate you. And I'll, I'll make sure to pass along the message to her. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Akash Anavaranthan here on the Damon Bruce show. I mean it. He is an outstanding follow. If you are listening over on AMP, everything is about to start rolling a little bit smoother for you. Uh, we will have uh, a, a little song for you as we move into the VIP lounge of Club Plus in just a little bit. But man, it was great having a cash on. It really was. Uh, let me get some thank yous in here for my sponsors. My goodness, my guys. Let me start with guy numero uno, and that is Ike. By the way, I had a Paul Rubens yesterday. I, 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 I I've been ordering the, uh, the arrow, the Wagyu. I just went in old school Paul Rubens yesterday. Flavor memories are powerful things, man. What a great sandwich. Nothing but great sandwiches for Ike's. Of course, I used my Ike's app, which I have downloaded. You need to download it and sign up for Ike's Rewards Program. Start eating sandwiches to earn free sandwiches. You'll be very happy that you did. Um, it is illegal to give away free liquor, so we can't do that. But boy, pick yourself up a bottle of Blackened. It is outstanding whiskey. You can find it at BevMo. If you can't find it where you shop for your booze and your liquor, ask the person who runs that shop to get on board. Order a case of Blackened because Plucers are loyal. Trust Uncle Damon. He knows whiskey. He knows sandwiches. I would never steer you wrong. I want you to know what winning feels like this football season. And boy, do I have a handicapper to help put you into that win column more often than not. BottomlineBets.com. Go and check out my man, Stefan, who lives in Vegas. He lives above a casino cage, essentially, and he is down there playing games. He's not just selling advice. He is laying it out and playing it himself. And if I'm looking for a tout, if I'm looking for a handicapper, I want someone who's playing his own bets that he is recommending to you. Recommended bets coming in with daily, weekly, monthly, and of course, yearly memberships to bottomlinebets.com. Folks, it's football season. Sign up today. You want to get ready for week one? Sign up for a weekly right now and tell me if you don't come out on top after my boy Stefan guides you through week one and he's also an absolute whiz when it comes to Major League Baseball. He's a whiz. So, bottomlinebets.com. Make some money this football season. And if you're looking for a place to go ahead and make those bets where you place in bets because gambling hasn't been legalized here 
in the state of California. Maybe you're watching in Texas today. Maybe you're watching in Florida today. A couple of other huge states where they haven't legalized this. Well, take your business offshore. MyBookie.ag. Use promo code DAMON for all new customers. You get a 50% deposit match up to $1,000 and a $10 casino chip to use in their casino, an online casino that has all the casino games that you could ever want to play. This is an offshore gambling account. It's been around for years. Trusted, reputable payouts. You can trust us on that. What you need to do is make sure your credit card is signed up and approved for international transactions. Go ahead and sign up. Use promo code DAMON. You get a 50% deposit match. And boom, you can go ahead and start placing bets tonight on, you know, Thursday night football. Happy football season, everyone. Go to mybookie.ag and use promo code DAMON when you sign up. And look, I'm not even kidding. If everyone who is following right now signed up with promo code Damon and put in like $100, my sponsorship agreement with them is going to kick in in a way where now Jillian and I don't need to worry about paying the mortgage anymore. You, Damon, how do I support the plus? Sign up with mybookie.ag. Sign up with bottomlinebets.com. Keep buying sandwiches from Ike's and pick up a bottle of blackened whiskey, and that means... We keep the lights on here. As a matter of fact, all that comes together. This channel continues to grow. A couple of years from now, we're, we're going to buy more lights because we're going to have a bigger thing to show you. I mean, this is officially happening. It's kicking in. It is football season. I'm excited. Hopefully, you're excited. Let's go. Look, excellence is expensive. And I'm not talking about just here, by the way. Hold on. See this? Best dad Ever. That's an official ranking, by the way. This is official. <laughs> Hold on. Ah. Sip of the day. There it is. There it is. We got the sip of the day. I enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it, too. It's officially time, kids. It's officially time. Postman in Capitola, not only checking us out on YouTube, but he's listening over on AMP. He took us on a big car ride with him yesterday. Thank you, Postman. He always asks for a little oy, oy, oy! in his request line as well. So you get one of those two, Postman. Thank you very much. Now, you know, it's incredible the little community that we've been able to build here on the Plus and the friends that you're all becoming. And, and that's what I really mean. We're becoming friends. These are people who know about each other, get involved in each other's lives, and it's an awesome community that we're building. One guy who I thought might have a little trouble being friends with everyone this week is our pal Mike and Sam Bruno. You see, you see the avatar. He's got the steel curtain up, and he says, win or lose. I pull for the red and gold after this week. Not often the NFL legendary teams go head-to-head. -head. It's going to be interesting, man. What an interesting game. Served up right away week one in the NFL. And you know that Fox thinks this game is going to be interesting. They're sending the big crew out to do it at 10 a.m. on Fox. You're getting Joe Davis, Daryl Johnston, and Pam Oliver. Is that the A crew? Or is Kevin Burkhart the A crew? Is it A crew? A, A, A minus crew? 
B-plus crew, it's one of the big crews. So this is a big game. And when you think of how the Steelers are set up for this year, they're going to be a really interesting team to watch. I've been kind of handicapping the Pittsburgh Steelers and what you need to be looking out for uh, as a 49er fan. And, and we all know that Mike Tomlin is officially as like entrenched as it gets. The man oozes confidence. And it absolutely oozes throughout his locker room. Mike Tomlin is the kind of guy you want to follow through a brick wall. He's he's an awesome head coach. The Steelers were a perfect 3-0 and in this preseason. And what's got the city of Pittsburgh excited is they thought that they saw an element of open offense with offensive coordinator Matt Canada, who was kind of, let's just say, on the outside looking in last year with Steelers fans, Steelers fans wanted Matt Canada gone. They thought that he was a little bit too conservative. They got a quarterback and they want him to open it up. Um, you know, Canada uh, knows Kenny Pickett from his pit days on the job. So th they just want a little bit less bruising smack you in the mouth football to be tailored to a little bit more modern Let's throw the ball around the yard. Let's open up this offense football. And I'll tell you, he's got a player or two that is, is going to help him do that. Um, can Kenny Pickett, in year two, build upon what Steelers fans saw from him at the end of year one and really get things rolling early on? Is Kenny Pickett the guy? The entire Steel City is waiting to see if he can make that leap from Good rookie showing to, that's my quarterback. That's what they're looking for. Uh, their offensive line played very well in the preseason. The Steelers kind of went hot knife through butter offensively in the preseason. Again, preseason results always need to be viewed skeptically. But uh, the offensive line played well in the preseason. It's clearly going to be tested by Bosa, Hargrave, and Armstead and company. And this is Steve Wilkes' first go-around with this defense. It's going to be really interesting to see how aggressive he is, what kind of blitz packages he's got saved up uh, for Pittsburgh, or if he's just going to say, hey, man, I got a front four that's supposed to be able to take care of business, and we're going to lay back and you know make Kenny Pickett thread needles and make choices. It's going to be interesting to see how the styles and make fight styles make fights. And we got two teams that have similar philosophies. You got two punch you in the mouth defense first football teams. How much offense is either team going to be able to throw out on the field based on the defense that they're facing and throw out on the field based on what the coach really wants to implement in week one what is the ask going to be uh Kenny Pickett's connection with second year wide receiver George Pickens is probably the difference between are the Steelers going to be a playoff team this year or not like if Kenny Pickens continues to make that leap uh or excuse me if George Pickens and Kenny Pickett Pickens and Pickett uh, if they continue to make the leap together, this should be an offense that gets harder to defend. Um, Mike Tomlin might try to actually Debo him up a little bit and give him more opportunities to touch the ball 
in a run game, in a reverse game, in some razzle-dazzling, which the Steelers, you know, haven't been known for a lot of razzle-dazzle since Antoine Randall and, and you know, Cordell Stewart were, were involved and you had these guys who could do a lot of different things. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what George Pickens looks like after a rookie year where he caught 52 balls, 801 yards with four touchdowns. He played in all 17 games, and he's going to turn into a handful. Where the 49ers are looking to get off coming up this weekend is in that Pittsburgh defensive backfield. That's where the most amount of questions in Pittsburgh are coming from, their defensive backfield. Minka Fitzpatrick, obviously, he's not a question. That guy's a total stud. He is game-changing talent and one of the best safeties in football. Two of the best safeties in football are playing in this game. Two of the best defensive or edge rushers in football are playing in this game. Bosa, TJ Watt, Talanoa Hufanga, and Minka Fitzpatrick. Beyond Minka Fitzpatrick, there's a lot of wait and see in this Pittsburgh secondary. The first thing they're going to wait and see on is can Patrick Peterson still get it done? You know, it's hard to be a 23-year-old cornerback in the NFL. It's even harder to be a 33-year-old cornerback in the NFL. Experience is great. Experience matters. But 33-year-old corners, you got to see it before you can just assume, yeah, he's still got it in him. Uh, We all know how good Patrick Peterson has been. What does he have left if he shows up and plays, hey, I'm still here football? Again, one of those things the Steelers need to go right will have gone right, and they might be a playoff team this year. Um, Their other corner is rookie Joey Porter Jr. He's going to be playing in his first game on Sunday, and all I can tell you is that Kyle Shanahan was born to identify rookie corners and test them and test them often. So he's going to see an awful lot of action come his way. Patrick Peterson might get that, ah, he's still a lockdown corner, and it's only because they're just picking on the rookie over here. Why why throw over there when you got easy pickings over here is something that Kyle Shanahan could get into this weekend. Um, It's going to be fun. Like the, the Steelers game plan, let's make this really simple. The Steelers game plan is this. Offense, you go out, you score three touchdowns. Defense, This is about T.J. Watt beating Colton McKivitz at right tackle and making Brock Purdy nervous all afternoon. That's what the Steelers want to do. They want to make Purdy uncomfortable, let 21 points decide the game. The 49ers, they've got a very similar game plan. Make life hell for Kenny Pickett. And I'm just telling you right now, you know, early indicators, what are you looking for early in a football game to let you know, are you about to have... There are no easy afternoons, right? Especially in Pittsburgh. It's not an easy place to play. Never has been, never will be. But what is an indicator that things are going well for the 49ers early on in this game today? You see Debo, you see Ayuk, and you see Kittle getting loose on a secondary that's having just a little bit of trouble coming up and defending the schemes that Kyle Shanahan and his offense are walking into that field with. If you see that early on, Christian McCaffrey then starts going off, and we know that he is the skeleton key that unlocks pain. They're going to be testing McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, a a young linebacking core, which, by the way, has a not-young linebacker in it, Quan Alexander, 
Remember him? He used to be a 49er. Never really got healthy enough to, to be who you wanted him to be when you got him from Tampa. Um, but Quan Alexander is a Pittsburgh Steeler. Special teams, it's always been a hard place to kick. Always been a tough place to you know knock a field goal through the uprights. And we know that the 49ers are stepping into yet another year with special teams concerns. So there's something to keep an eye on for sure. Like I said, we got a 10 a.m. kickoff Sunday. Joe Davis, Daryl Johnston, and Pam Oliver. Should be a hell of a football game. It's going to be a big boy football game. True Blue Forever earlier on said, it's like the week before Christmas when you get to open one present. You, your parents let you get to open a present a week before Christmas? Now, my family and I did Christmas presents on Christmas Eve, and then a sprinkling of presents that Santa brought you were under the table on Christmas morning. We were always a Christmas Eve open, the majority of the presents family. I know other families that are like, you know, Orthodox Christmas families that say, no, no Christmas presents on Christmas Eve. They all go on Christmas morning. And then I know other who are very Christmas morning oriented and they let you open maybe a present or two on Christmas Eve. But a week before, true blue forever. You're, you're coming up with, with concepts I've never even considered. Sportacus says, sip of the day is for closers. You know it. Out of your best dad ever official ranking coffee mug. God, I was pushing a car back and forth our living room table with Ozzy last night. I taped a little. I put it up as a short on YouTube. I got this. I just, I do, man. I'm in love with my kids. <laughs> I really am. I, I never thought that I would be the dad putting like YouTube videos up of his kids, but the, the Ozzy has officially entered that unquestionably freaking adorable phase of his life. And I just, I, I can't get the camera off him. He's just, he's incredible, man. The kid's really growing into his own. He's becoming a person now that he's two years old. Talked about how nonchalant Bosa was in his, uh, in his interview. Irwin saying, yeah, Bosa's just saving his energy for the field. Yeah, everyone. I'm really happy to be back. Let's get to work. I mean, I wonder what Nick Bosa sounds like when he's yelling. Probably sounds like this. This is my impression of Nick Bosa. Now this is my impression of Nick Bosa yelling. Now this is my impression of Nick Bosa being named Super Bowl MVP because he had four sacks in the game. I had four sacks in the game. I'm Super Bowl MVP. I'm Nick Bosa. Hey, keep it simple, man. <laughs> keep it simple. So, um, Rockin' New Era 84 says, Damon, real simple. Uh, Nick Bosa has negative body fat. It's a good way to say it. Yeah, Nick Bosa's body fat is negative body fat. Leslie's right about this. He did rock that $170 million smile last night at the airport. He was at, yeah, you got to be grinning ear to ear. This is Nick Bosa smiling. Hi, I'm Nick Bosa's smile. This is Nick Bosa. He's very, very, very understated. I'm very excited to be here. I'm Nick Bosa. 
Nathaniel Richards talking about over unders on sip of the day. Does having does Damon having a guest on void all bets? Look, man, all bets are action. So if you laid it, you played it. You got you got to be advanced scouting. You got to know when we're having guests on. I said that we were having a guest on on Thursday. So, you know, you got to handicap yourself. You need to bottom line bets. You need to bring in someone who knows what they're talking about. Bottomlinebets.com. I had people, because I had said earlier in the morning yesterday, is all reports were that the 49ers and Bosa remained very far apart from each other. And I just said this is a epic failure on this front office if he is not there for week one. There's no way to, to pretend it isn't. And then he signs the contract, and we know we will be there week one, and I get the group of morons who are always there to pounce on the least imaginative, creative Twitter response there is. This aged well. Do you assholes not understand that time is linear? And if something happens over here and you comment it over here and then time marches forward to bring you over here and the story changes, what you were saying over here is you were reacting to it in real time no longer applies to what is happening over here. Time is linear. Twitter's linear. Do I have to explain how your timeline works to you? At the moment I said it was a failure on the front office, the front office had failed to get their job done. Then they got the job done. Therefore, it's no longer a failure. This aged really well. You know who's not aging very well? You and your creativity and your Twitter responses, you freaking morons. This aged well. I'm going to tell you right now, never, ever, 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 ever send that to anyone. It's the dumbest response in the world. This aged well. It's the equivalent of saying, hey, how come you're not still eating those scrambled eggs? Breakfast started eight hours ago. Well, I finished. We're done. We're on to something else now. Whole new meal later in the day. So I tell you all that to tell you this from Irwin. He says, truth be told, Parag has been earning his dollars for a while now. The ability to sign Williams, Armstead, Warner, Debo, now Bosa on the same team. It's impressive. Yeah, they got a lot of highly paid players on this football team. There is no doubt about that. I'm talking about big money. You look around, by the way, I got this right off of Akash Anavaranthan's Twitter account. 49ers players by annual average value by position. Nick Bosa, number one in the NFL. Christian McCaffrey, number one in the NFL. Kyle Juszczyk, number one in the NFL. George Kittle, third highest paid tight end in the NFL. Trent Williams, now the third highest paid tackle in football. Fred Warner, third highest paid. Again, all those guys, I believe, were highest paid at the moment they struck their deals. Javon Hargrave, sixth best paid D-tackle in football. Debo Samuel, seventh highest paid wide receiver in football. Eric Armstead, 15th best paid defensive lineman in football. That's a lot of top shelf liquor. With all that top-shelf liquor, it should be a hell of a cocktail this year for the 49ers. But yeah, you get an expensive bar bill at the end of the night. That's Parag's job. Make it fit. Make it fit. Uncle boys, we still love you, baby. Health is wealth. Hopefully the 49ers stay healthy. It has been one of the major flaws 
in the design of this team year in, year out under Kyle Shanahan. Hello, Otis. Good to have you here. Saw someone else who just scrolled by. Riddy. What is this? Riddy. Mushnich. Good stuff. Let's go Niners. Riddy liked Akash stopping on by, and so did I. I thought he was fantastic. He really was. Leslie says, uh, wasn't Debo passed uh, over last year as a captain? I, I can't remember. I, I can't remember if he was or wasn't. Is he a captain this year? Again, I really don't I don't I don't care if he is or isn't. His title is Debo. That should be his position. What are you? I'm Debo. Did you see Cordero Patterson, by the way, has now been uh, credited with inventing a new position, or at least his coach, Art Smith in Atlanta, said that Cordero Patterson is his joker back. Like on the starting depth chart, there's QB, RB, WR, OT, OGC, you know, all your, all your positions. And then they have J, Cordero Patterson, the joker back. Cordero Patterson's already changed his uh his his uh his Twitter handle to Heath Leather, Heath Heath Ledger as the Joker. So maybe that's what Debo is now. He's the Joker back. He's the wild card. But Parag gets some credit there. No doubt. Erwin saying, hit that like button. Indeed, hit that like button. If you're new in here today, please go ahead and subscribe and notify. Let me tell you what you're going to be getting. You're going to be getting uh, the best post-game show you're going to find anywhere around the dial. I'm going to be going live at the two-minute warning every game this year. Join me. We're going to watch the end of the game together, and we will hop right into post-game when it's all said and done. Post-game on the plus. Post-game and Damon is back, baby. I give good post-game. Come on by. Uh, the following morning after every 49er game. So if the Niners played on Sunday, that's Monday mornings. If the Niners are playing on a Monday night football game, that's Tuesday mornings. If the Niners playing on a Thursday night, that means on Friday mornings, Larry Kruger and I are going to be doing a what the hell happened last night show early in the morning. I think we still got to come up with a name for this bad boy, but Larry and I are going to be there Every morning right here on YouTube. Some days we're going to be on my channel. Other weeks we're going to be on his channel. So you got to go ahead and subscribe to both, please. That way you won't miss a thing. Again, hit notify, baby. Do I even want to, before we hop into Club Plus, Talk a little bit about the San Francisco Giants. I mean, I, I guess I should because we're not going to really be talking about them very much going forward, apparently, as their ship sinks. The Giants, they aren't much fun to watch right now. I guess the good news is you don't need to watch them tonight. And it's not because you got Thursday night football. They would have made a fine flip back, but they're, they're dark tonight are the Giants. So they've lost their flip back opportunity against Thursday night football. Uh, the Giants have fallen two and a half games out of the wild card. They're back to 500. They're 70 and 70. They've just lost six in a row. And it is the wrong time of the year to be losing six in a row. They've got 22 games left in this season. They got seven dates with the Rockies. 
probably should do well there. Seven dates with the Dodgers, probably not going to go well. Two more games left with the Diamondbacks, so a lot of in-division play before the end of the year. Good luck with that, San Francisco Giants. They play the next nine days in a row, starting with Kyle Harrison going against Colorado tomorrow, so at least on a Friday night, you'd be able to say, all right, I want to watch Kyle Harrison pitch. There you go. I don't know if team accomplishment is long, any longer a real possibility for the San Francisco Giants. So now it's individual performance time. What's Kyle Harrison look like in another start? Hopefully he doesn't give up four home runs like he did down in San Diego. And there you go. Happy New Year. It is awesome. That football season is back with us again. It is awesome that you're here, whether you're watching on YouTube, whether you're about to join me after Club Plus in the VIP lounge, which isn't going to be open very long today. Daddy's got a lunch to go to. It's a busy day for me. Um, thank you very much for tuning in here on the podcast. If that's where you are listening, you mean so very, very much of the success story. Don't give the podcast nearly enough love. We are already tracking to having yet another record month on the podcast in terms of downloads and listenerships, and thank you to all of you. I want to remind you that Club Plus is about to begin, but for you listening, I want to tell you thank you very much, and that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone. <laughs>